everybody. Welcome to church today. Man, I feel God in this moment. Enjoyed worship today. Wasn't worship just absolutely awesome? Could have just stayed there, <laughs> gave an altar call, and, and ran off to our buffets, right? I mean, that was absolutely awesome. So, so thankful for our worship team. So thankful for our dream team that that, uh, that serves here on a weekly basis, and uh, it takes a lot to do what we do, and, uh, and uh, so whether they're in the music or running technology or out in the parking lot or greeting or children's ministry, I don't know if you've ever thought about it, it takes a lot to do what we do, and we, we're so grateful that, that they got here. I don't know, what time did you guys get here this morning? Six o'clock this morning, and then you had practice during one of the nights, and they're just pressing in to bring worship into the house and just so grateful. Teachers that are, that are in classrooms right now, pouring into the next generation. Aren't you, aren't you grateful for that? And um, love what is going on with our youth. Great things are happening with our, our youth services on Wednesday. Just so many powerful, powerful things. And we're excited that you're here today. Excited for you to be in the room today in this space. And we're excited for all those on the other side of these cameras. I don't know where you're at in the world, in, this, in the valley here, in the city. It might be in your garage, it might be in your living room, your kitchen, it might be in a hospital room today, but I want to just really encourage you just to get a laser-like focus. The, the enemy is a master at distractions, and he wants you to miss what God does in a moment. God does huge things in a moment. I, I believe that there could be one sentence, one, one thing said that can, that can radically change your, your life. So whether it be in this room or whether it be on the other side of these cameras, let's just take a deep breath and relax. And we've been going, 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 right? Going to start another week and go, 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 right? And we just need to relax. Say, God, I, I need you in my, I need you in my life. I need you in my space. Let me just say this too before we get started. I am absolutely excited about our, our children's a baby dedication next week. And, uh, and I know we're, we're, we're pushing on running out of room here real quick. So if you want to do that, make sure you sign up today. And excited about being able to, to uh, I, guess, I guess, get my, my grandbaby saved, right? I guess is that what it is? So, but I am excited about I, I just so believe, I so believe in in that moment that's going to take place as parents and their babies are gonna go Godward. And I am so excited about preparing my heart and Sri's gonna be excited about preparing her heart for that moment next week because only God knows the plans that he has for that child. And we're gonna go Godward and we're gonna believe that all the days of their life, <laughs> they will live out that plan. Amen? Amen? I said amen? All right. You guys look quiet. You've been rowdier the last several weeks. Listen, we, we, we're a talkback church. Come on, we're, a talk, we're, we're, we're one of those churches, right? You know, we, we're a talkback. We, we like to get involved, and we like to get, you know, just like it was a football game. I mean, you just got to root for your favorite team, and whatever your thing is, as long as you don't flip me off, it's all good, and all, it's all, oh, okay, we're a talkback church. I am excited about getting into what we're getting ready to talk about. Over the next few weeks, I want to talk about this idea of, of uh, sand and stars. Sand 
and stars. Uh, today's message is, is kind of an introduction. Uh, I don't know how far we're going to get. I'm just, I'm just trying to open you up to this idea of sand and stars, and I am absolutely, man, I've had a week just really, really in this and hearing from God. Actually, it started months ago. I, I believe that, that, that as we launch this new series today, that it's a setup for what God is wanting to do this summer in the life of, of your family, in your home, your business, your workplace, and more specifically, us as a church family. And so I'm already into summer, and summer isn't even here, but I believe we're launching that today, and I believe things are going to be said that's going to bring help and hope and encouragement to you. Now, Sand and Stars is based on the story of a man named Abraham, and the story begins in Genesis chapter 12, and I'm going to read our opening text here, and then we'll pray. It says this, the Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your relatives, and your father's home, and go to a land that I'm going to show you. I will give you many descendants. I'm going to give you children. I'm going to give you grandchildren. I'm going to give you great, great, great grandchildren. I'll give you many descendants, and they will become a great people, and I'll bless you and make your name famous so that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, Abraham, and I'll curse those who curse you, and through you I will bless all the nations. Father, I pray for your help today. I pray that you would use me as a mouthpiece from heaven. God, to speak through these cameras today into every heart and life that is tuned in or that may even watch this on demand. God, for those that are in this moment, in this room, God, as we look to the heavens today, God, give us an understanding. Give us a revelation. God, let this concept become so vivid in the heart and the life of this church. Sand and stars. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Let, let, me, uh, let me give you just a little bit of the backdrop or the history uh, of what we're talking about here. God is working in the Old Covenant, uh, the Old Testament part of your Bible. He's working his redemption plan after the, the, the fall of Adam and Eve and where sin had entered the world. And he's, he's working his plan of redemption, and he finds a man by the name of Abram. Uh, now, eventually, his name's going to be changed to Abraham, so we'll just refer to him sometimes as Abram or Abraham or even Abe. Um, God shows up to Abraham or Abra, Abram in Genesis chapter 12 here, and what we just read is 2,000 years before Christ was born. And God begins to make a covenant with this man, and God promises him that he's going to bless him and that he's going to make his name great. I could talk about that right there. You can do a lot of things, but you can't make your name, your name great. And, and then he goes on to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you a father of many descendants, and, and they're going to become a great people on the earth. God says, I'm going to give you a family, Abram, and, and that family is going to become a great tribe of people, and they're going to be my people who actually serve me and worship me, Abraham. And 
They're going to be so large upon the earth that they're going to be like the sand of the seashore and like the stars in the sky. But we got a problem because in the natural here, it seemed like an impossibility for Abram because when God makes this, problem, this promise to Abram in, here in Genesis chapter 12, Abram is actually 75 years of age. He's, 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 he's an older man at this point. And his wife is actually 65 years, Sarai or Sarah. She's 65 years of age, and, and uh, so she's past the age of, of childbearing and and then we got another problem on top of that is that she's been barren all her life. They've never been able to have children. But then God shows up to them again in Genesis chapter 22 and confirms this promise once again in Genesis 22:17. It says, God says, I'll bless you with incredible blessings and multiply your descendants into countless thousands and millions. Notice, like the stars, like the stars above you in the sky, and like, notice, like the sand along the seashore, and they will conquer their enemies. Woo. Some of you get excited because you know who that's talking about. So God is showing Abram here that great things are going to happen in his life, that, that he would be like the sand and he'd be like the stars. God is using here figurative language to show Abram that he had a great, great, big plan ahead for his future. Now, in the English language, and I kind of feel foolish even talking about this because I certainly have not mastered what are you looking at? I have not mastered the English language. It is a sign and a wonder and a miracle that I'm even allowed to do what I, I do. Can, can you believe that God uses me in communication? Not because I'm a, I'm a master at English language. It's just because you understand what I'm saying. But in the English language, this is what I know. Uh, this is what we know as a simile, uh, which is closely uh, related to a metaphor. Now, now. I'm laying a foundation so important that you tune in here. Don't, don't miss anything. Don't run to the refrigerator. This is a, a, a simile. God is using a simile here. And a simile is when you use figurative language to compare two different ideas or things, notice, in a compelling and in an, an attention-grabbing way. That, that's why you use a, a simile is you want to grab a person's Attention. A simile is used to emphasize or to make something really impressionable or even exciting. The objective of a simile here that God is using is to spark an interesting connection between two different things. Let, let me give you some examples. You'll, you'll, you'll understand this because we use them all the time. Have you ever heard she is as brave as a lion? She is as brave as, and, and, and you know, usually it's a simile when you see the, the words like or as. She is as brave as a, as a lion. So, so this isn't just average brave. This is lion brave. This, this, is, this kind of piques your interest. Like, hey, man, that, that's, that's, that's some brave stuff. You, you, you've heard this one before. Uh, those girls were fighting like cats and dogs. Come on, that's the kind of fight we want to see, right? Don't want to see an average fight. 
Come on, I want to see that cats and dogs kind of thing, right? That, that's a simile. Uh, you, you've heard this before. He is as nutty as a fruitcake, right? Right? Like, like, like hey, that, uh, that, that's a whole nother, that, that guy's got some serious, seri- it's not just, hey, that guy's weird. No, he's nutty as a fruitcake. You know we got a real serious problem on our hands. Are you with me? Uh, here, here's one. Her hair was like a bird's nest. <laughs> that's not just, just a normal mess. <laughs> no, that's a whole nother level of a mess, right? Uh, here, here's another one. Uh, the rumor is spreading like wildfire, right? It, it, I, I, we're grabbing attention. It's not just a rumor, it, it's, it, 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 but, but it's a rumor that is spreading like wildfire. In other words, it isn't just a controlled campfire. This fire is ferocious. This fire is on the move. On the move. Here, here's another one. He eats like a, a horse. That's not just some normal eating, right? That, that's above average kind of eating. Those are similes, similes. So God uses a simile, a word picture here of sand and stars. Why? To impress upon Abram or to grab Abram's attention to what? To God's unlimited bigness, to God's unlimited ability, to God's, God's unlimited power, to God's unlimited possibilities. He's saying, Abram, what I'm getting ready to do in your life is like the vastness of the sand and the stars that cannot even be counted. Woo! I'm getting happy just preaching about it. Now, we know God did this exactly. He did what he exactly promised in Abraham's life eventually, and Abraham eventually, after years, becomes the father of a great, great people, a great people of faith. Now, just in case you don't know that, because they finally do have a son, Isaac, and and then from there, uh, the, a nation is, is birthed. But just in case you don't know it, and maybe you're not a Bible student, uh, but you need to understand you actually are the dream come true that God's talking about in the simile here. Uh, you are actually the sand and the stars. If, if you're a Christ follower, then you are, are, are actually according to the Bible, spiritual sons, spiritual daughters of Abraham. You, you are what God promised. You are. Woo, you are the sand and, and the stars. In Galatians 3, 29, it says it this way. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants. Abraham, I'm going to give you descendants like the sand and the And if you be Christ, if you're Christ's followers, if you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, then you are Abraham's descendants. You are the sand. You are the stars, heirs according to the promise. We are the dream that God put in Abraham's heart some 4,000, I want you to think about it, some 4,000 years ago. So in these teachings, when we talk over the next couple weeks about sand and stars, we're talking about God's unlimited ability and 
possibilities. When we talk about sand and stars, we're talking about the promise of God for you. We're talking about what God has promised you and your family. When we're talking about the sand and stars, we're talking about what God wants to do in this, this church, into, in this ecclesia, as we've been teaching over the last several weeks. When we talk about the sand and stars, we're talking about what is possible, what could be, and what could happen in your life, my life, and our lives. Ah, I know we'll hit the mark when you really get excited. I know when you start tattooing sand and stars on your, your body, we're, we're getting somewhere. I need to, I need to engrave this, this concept into your, your psyche. It's God's possibilities for you. Listen, sand and stars wasn't just for Abraham. I've come to tell you today that sand and stars is for you. It's God's possibilities for you. It's what God wants to do in your life. Sand and stars is the breakthrough that you've been promised. Sand and stars is the miracle that you so desperately need. Sand and stars is the restoration that you've been praying for. Come on. Sand and stars is the healing that you absolutely know that is yours. Come on. Sand and stars is the joy and the peace that you need. Sand and stars is the son or the daughter that needs to serve. I ought to get somebody, somebody in faith here. It's, it's the sand and stars is that child that's not serving God that you know needs to be serving God. God wants to give you a simile. God wants to give you figurative language so you can have faith to believe that those children are coming back to Jesus. Sand and stars is that provision that God has for you. Sand and stars is that business. It's that job opportunity that God has for you. Sand and stars for this church, it's, 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 it's this. It's God doing a new thing. I know as we kick back off into what we're doing and started gathering again, I, I know that God says, as you're rebuilding, just know I'm going to do a new thing. I, I want you to know sand and stars for celebration. As we, as we launch into the summer, is God doing a new thing in our lives? We're not going to go back and do the old thing. We're not going to do the religious thing. Come on, God's got, behold, I do a, a new thing. Sand and stars. For this church this summer, I've already heard it by the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. Sand and stars for us is revival. Sand and stars for us is restoration. Sand and stars for us, come on, is refreshing. God says, I'll give you times of refreshing. Does anybody need to be refreshed after a crazy pandemic? Come on, does anybody need to be refreshed? So, so sand and stars is God's chosen figurative language. I, I'm, I'm introducing this, this idea. I need you to get this concept. If we miss this, nothing else will fit into the puzzle. Sand and stars, think about this. Sand and stars is God's chosen figurative language. He chose the figurative language. He chose the imagery to describe his bigness his vastness, and his greatness. Sand and stars is God's chosen 
figurative language. He chose it. He chose the imagery to grab our attention and to impress upon us that all things are possible to him that believes. Sand and stars is God's chosen figurative language. It's his own imagery that he chose to use to awaken us, to awaken you to the reality that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. God chose. God chose. This isn't just some cute sermon. God chose sand and stars to describe his ability in your life. Now, so many people, and here's the problem, have lost sight of sand and stars. It's the reason why it's hard to get excited. Because we, we haven't seen an all-powerful God. We haven't experienced a, a way-maker God. We haven't seen the miracles like we want to see them. And this has been the disconnect because so many people have lost sight of who their God is. Yes, they've lost sight of their sand and stars, the powerful God, the God that has ability, the God that has promises for them. They've lost sight of a God that can do things in their life. And I don't know if you know it or not, but this is exactly what happened to Abram. God shows up to Abram, and he, he gives a simile. He gives his promise. He says, Abraham, I'm an all-powerful God. My ability goes so far, it's, so, it's not even, even measurable. My ability is like the sand and the stars. And he shows up to Abram, and God makes a promise. And God says, Abram, you're going to have a family. You're going to have a child. And what happens is the same thing that happens with us. Life goes on. God makes promise. We're here today. We're getting excited. Come on, I'm getting you out of the muck and mire and getting you into faith, and you kind of get a little hope again, and then you go back out to life, and you're, you're hit again, and you're disappointed again, and you're distracted again, and you're frustrated again. And that's what happened to Abram. God made a promise that he's going to have a, a big family. He's going to have a child, and, and now he's overwhelmed with life circumstances, and, and God shows up to him and finds him in a tent because Abram's promise has not come to pass. In Genesis chapter 15, I want to read this. This is, this is like 10 years or more after God initially shows up and says, Abram, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. 10 years, 10 Years has gone by and nothing has happened. And now Abram's discouraged. Abram's distracted. Abram's frustrated. And Abram's hiding in a tent. Verse 1 says, Sometime later, 10 years or more later, Abram had a vision. The Lord said to him, Abram, do not be afraid. I'm like a shield to you. I am your very great reward. I could preach there. It's not part of the message, but I can preach right. We could, in fact, we might need to just have one message for that, that phrase right there. I am your reward. Abraham, Abram is 
is frustrated. He's quitting on God. He's hiding in his tent because 10 years has gone by and he has no baby. And God shows up to him and has the audacity to say, Abram, your problem is, is not the baby. Your problem is that you don't see me as the reward. I think a lot of things are delayed in our life because we're not looking at the reward. We're looking at what the rewarder can give us. We're looking at the car. We're looking at the house. We're looking at the big paycheck. And we're upset at God because we forgot the house is not the reward. Oh, I'll preach right here. The house is not the reward. The car is not the reward. Your big money is not the reward. And until you make God your reward, listen, you'll never be fulfilled in life. He says, I, I've done this with my wife at times. I've, I'm embarrassed to tell you, but but we've been married long enough that, man, it's like, well, what, I, what, what do I buy her now, right? It's like, what do I buy her next? And so sometimes I'll just say, baby, it's our anniversary. I'll, I'll be your gift. Uh, just, just unwrap me, baby. It'll be, it'll be good. Come on. <laughs> and, she, and, and, and without fail, she says, you, you, why don't you go to Macy's? <laughs> right? And I think that's how we are. I think that's how we are sometimes with God. God, I'm only here because I want the house. I'm only here because I want the successful business. I'm only here because I need stuff from you, God. It's really not about you, God. If you could just give me the stuff and I didn't have to put up with you. And, and, and God knows the heart. That's the reason why I love Moses. Moses. Moses is on the verge of the promised land. They're almost ready to go in. And, and God is so done with the people because they treated God like dirt. They treated him like they didn't love him. They just wanted the stuff that he could provide. And God tells Moses, he says, Moses, he says, I'm not going to the promised land. You, listen, I made a promise so they can have their car and they can have their, 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 their nice business and they can have all that stuff. I'm going to give them the milk and honey, but, but, hey, but Moses, I, I'm not going in. I'm not going in, Moses. And uh, Moses turns and looks at God and says, God, if you're not going in, I'm not going in. If your presence, if your presence doesn't go... I'm not going because Moses knew there's no promised land without the promiser. You'll never enjoy the car. You'll never enjoy the house. You'll never enjoy the business. You'll never enjoy life until, until you fall in love with the one that promised the promises. It's all free of charge. That's all free of charge, by the way. It says, Abram, I'm going to be your great reward. Verse 2, but Abram said, Lord and king, what can you give me? What can you give me? In other words, I need a sign, Lord. Maybe he's asking for a simile here, huh? God, help me to see this. Abram continued, you haven't given me any children, so this servant of mine will get everything I own. Then a message from the Lord came to Abram. And the Lord says, you will have a son of your own, and he will get everything you have. And verse 5, then the Lord took Abram outside. We're we're going to be closing with that thought in just a moment. Abram, God took Abram outside and said, look up towards the heavens, heavens, and count the stars. 
can, can I remind you that this is 10 years later? God has already made the promise, and it has not come to pass, and now Abram is discouraged, and the very thing that God does with Abram to move him forward, hello, celebration, as he, as he says, you've got to come outside, and you've got to start looking to the heavens, and you've got to start counting stars. I'm here to tell you there's more to the sands and star thing than what you think. He said, then he said to him, that's how many children Abram will be born into your family. And Abram believed, and Abram believed, and Abram believed the Lord. So, so Abram is living in this sometime later space. Again, 10 years or more has gone by since God has promised him a family and nothing has happened. Ten years of disappointment, ten years of frustration, ten years of unmet expectations, ten years of delay. It just sounds like my life. It sounds like your life. It sounds like humanity's life. And Abraham is weary. The reason why I know is I counsel you, I talk to you. It's, it's everybody's life. It's what we're all dealing with. And Abraham now is weary because what he thought was going to happen has not happened. It's been a decade of unfulfilled dreams and promises. And from Abraham's perspective, nothing is working in his life. It's been, it's been promise, but he doesn't see any of it. But I'm here to tell somebody today, just because you don't see something doesn't mean that God's not working on something. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Woo! I could preach right there. I, just because you don't see something doesn't mean that God's not doing something. The biggest thing that God told me in this pandemic is don't miss the God in the middle of it. Man, and I get up every God, word, what are you doing? I, I'm here to tell you, God's doing more in this season in the church than you would ever dream of. I'm here to tell you, God is still on the throne. He's still working. And just because you don't see it doesn't mean that God's not doing something. This is just the introduction, just trying to, just trying to lay a foundation here. So, so Abraham, or Abram, is in his tent. He's in his tent, the Bible says. He's, he's on the inside of his tent. He's in a... He's in, a, he's in a limited space. He's, he's in confinement. He, don't, he can't see any stars here. He can't see any sand here. He's just, he's just in a small tent. He's in a tent. He's in a limited space. And he's rehearsing all the stuff that's gone wrong, all the stuff that has not happened. God... God, you said that we'd have a family, a large family. God, we don't even have a child. And when you made that promise 10 years ago, Lord, me and my wife, we went to work on it every night, Lord, we went to work on it. Lord, I, there was a few nights she had a headache, but God, for 10 years, 10 years we've been wearing ourselves out, Lord. God, we've been busy. We still don't have a child. We've we even started decorating the, the kids' room, Lord, the baby's room. We, we, we thought this, 
we thought this was going to happen. Lord, you said, Lord, you, you said, and we have nothing. God, I thought for sure when you made that promise, I thought for sure within just a few months we would have a gender reveal. I thought, God, it would only take a few months and we would be on our way. And God, one year went by and nothing. It's nothing, Lord. It's nothing. Certainly we thought, well, hang in there. Fight a little harder. Just show up at church one more time. Give that tithe. And the second year it came and it's gone and nothing. But we stayed in the game, Lord. Kept coming to church. Kept believing. Kept trusting. Kept giving. Kept loving. Then the third year, nothing. Fourth year, nothing. Fifth year, nothing. Sixth year, nothing. Seventh year, Lord, nothing. Eighth year, ninth year. God, it's been a, it's been a long time. God, is this, is this ever going to take place? Man, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's not going to happen. You know, God, I'm getting older now. I was looking at my wife last night. God, she's got a whole lot more wrinkles than she had 10 years ago. God, we're, we're getting really old since you made that crazy, crazy promise of sand and stars. So here's Abram, church. He's in his tent. And all he can see is his tent. All he can see is his problems. All he can see is his limitations. All he can see is what has not happened. I've come to preach to somebody in a tent today. I've come to ask somebody, well, what, 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 what is your tent? I think there's a lot of people living their lives in a tent. What kind of designer tent do you live in? A tent of disappointment? A tent of discouragement? And God, is it ever going to happen? Maybe your tent is a tent of doubt and unbelief, kind of like Abraham's tent was. God, it's never going to happen. Maybe your tent is a tent of fear and anxiety. What if, what if another pandemic hits? Well, I guess we'll just, we'll just buckle down in our tent and hope for the best. Can I tell you something? Another one's coming. Sorry. Read your Bible. So are you going to live your life in a, in a tent? What, what, what is your tent? Is it a tent of sickness and disease that says, man, there's no hope for me? They said I would always have this arthritis. They said that I'd always have high blood pressure. It's just the tent of confinement that says it's not going to get better. Things won't work out. Maybe your tent is a tent of short, shortage and lack that, uh, that's confined by, you know, your daddy was poor and granddaddy was poor. And in fact, when you think about it all, oh, your family was poor. And I guess I'll just have a tent of poverty in my life. Maybe your tent is a tent of failure and regrets. God, I messed up. God, I, I've even embarrassed myself. So now I guess I'll just live in my tent of shame and regret. Maybe your tent is a tent of hurts and bitterness and anger. <laughs> they did me wrong, and now you live your life living in your road rage tent. 
Maybe, maybe, maybe your tent is like a lot of other people's tent, the tent of complacency. You know, I used to, I used to love to go to church. <laughs> I used to love to worship. But, but you know, it's, it's like really irritates me when the preacher goes long and I miss my buffet and my brunch. Maybe your tent is a tent of complacency. Um, maybe a tent of worldly thinking. I'm, I'm preaching from a tent because I think people are living their life in the confinement of their tent, their pain, their problems, their limitations. Uh, this is what you need to understand. If you spend your life living in a tent, living your life with a small, limited perspective, here's what's going to happen. You're going to end up settling for much less than what God has planned for you. You're, you're going to live your life with a tent-size dream instead of the sand and stars, come on, that God. Worship team, come back. I'm, I'm just about out of time. I'm, I'm not done, but we're going to wrap this up for all the complacent tent worshipers today. So Abram is complaining. I want you to hear this so important. I can't tell you how much this is burning on the inside of me. As I have received heaven's orders for celebration as we march into these summer months. I believe God is speaking to us. I believe God has given us an opportunity. I believe God is getting ready to do new things in our lives and in our homes. And Abram is in his tent and he's complaining. He's griping. God, really? This is what I get? I've served you and I get nothing? Ten years, Lord. He's, he, he's, he's just griping and complaining. And I think what really stood out to me in the story is that God was actually in the tent with him. <laughs> because later on in the text... It says that God took Abram out of the tent. Well, you can't take somebody out of the tent if he was not in the tent. And I think so many people have this idea that, that God doesn't get in our mess, that God doesn't get in our stuff, that we have this idea that we can't be honest, we can't be vulnerable with all of our stuff if I... I really was open and with God, he wouldn't, he wouldn't like it, but I like the fact that God got into Abram's stuff to bring him out of Abram's stuff. Somebody needs to hear that today. God wants to get in your pain. God, God wants to get in that regret. God wants to get into that complacency. Don't think I'm preaching about you. I'm preaching to myself. God wants to get into that regret. 
God wants to get into that doubt. God wants to get into that unbelief. God wants to get into your stuff. He wants to get into that so that he can bring you out of that and show you sand and, and stars. So finally, Abram gets done with his, look, God, look, God, look, God, look what didn't happen. And gets done, he's tired, he's wore out, and God says to Abram, I need to change what you're looking at. I need to change. And he does this by changing Abram's position. Now, now when I was, I was writing my notes in this moment, I felt like God was saying, that's the answer for people today. That, that I was supposed to on purpose stop and just say, hey, Maybe not everybody, but there's somebody in this room, somebody on the other side of that, that camera, that, that that's the answer you've been looking for. It's a change of position. You see, God's been listening to Abraham say, look God, look God, look God, but now God is going to get Abraham to look at something else, but before he can get Abraham to look at something else, he's gotta change Abram's position. Maybe it's just a position change for you today. Maybe it's a, a new prayer position for you. Maybe it's a, let's do it again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start worshiping like I've never, maybe it's a worship position for you. Maybe it's a, a word position for you. You're going you're gonna to look at God's word and it's going to become your final authority. Come on. Maybe it's a faith position to dream again, to believe again. So now God takes him outside. God takes him outside. Is this okay? Do you have time for just a little bit more? We only do one service so we can do this, right? So God takes him out of his confinement. God takes him outside. It, oh, geez, he takes him outside. What's outside? Sand. They're in the desert. He's in sand. He, he's in, God takes him out. God's going to change his position, and he takes him outside, and he says, Abram, you're in sand, but what I need you to do is I need you to look up. You've been looking at the wrong thing way too long. I need you to look up, and, and here's what's in the text. And it's going to define what really sand and stars are all about. He said, I need you to look up into the heaven. Whew. And then I need you to start counting your offspring, your descendants. And every one that you count, I'm going to give to you. Abraham, I need you to look up. I, I need you to look at what your future looks like. What does it look like, God? It looks like heaven. It looks like heaven. It's not really about stars. It's about heaven. It's really not about sand. It's about heaven. God is using this language to get us out of our tent and begin to look to the heavens. You see, sand and stars, 
is all about a heaven's perspective, heaven's ability, heaven's power, heaven's possibilities, heaven's, listen, promises, heaven's greatness, heaven's bigness. Don't, don't miss this, what I'm getting ready to say. What would life look like if we lived our lives from a heaven's perspective? If we live our life by the principle that Jesus taught in Matthew 6.10, on earth as it is in heaven. That, that, that's the problem. We're not living our life with a heaven perspective. We're living our life with a tent perspective. Listen, Christians, Christ followers, our life was never to be lived from earth to heaven. This is going to help somebody right here. It was never, ever, ever meant. God's teaching is contrary to it. It was never meant for you to live your life from earth to heaven. It was always from heaven to earth. The pastor, the pastor, you don't understand. I've been diagnosed with, 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 with the disease on this earth. Yeah, but what does heaven say? Maybe you don't know what it says. Can I tell you what heaven says? By the stripes of Jesus, you are the healed. I don't care what doctors say. I don't care what the diagnosis. If you go to heaven, you can see your future. You've got to start living your life with a heaven's perspective. Yeah, but pastor, I lost my job. I have no money on this earth. Yeah, but what does heaven say? Woo! Come on, somebody ought to find, figure out what heaven says, right? God says, I give you the power to get rich. Come on. I'll cause your ways to be successful. Yeah, but the pastor, my spouse walked out on me on this earth. Okay, I get it. That's painful. That, that's the tent. But, but what does heaven say? You still got a life. You still got a destiny. You still got a, a future. Come on, get back up. Yeah, but pastor, my kids are running from God on this earth. It's a mess. Get out of your tent. Find out what heaven says. Because heaven says all your family shall be saved. I feel like I'm losing some of you right now. You don't, don't. Yeah, but my, my wife is ugly. What does heaven say? Can't help you. Sorry, that one we can't help. I just need to wake some of you up. I feel depressed. I feel discouraged on this earth. I'm in my tent. Yeah, but what is heaven? Come on, you need a fresh perspective. You need a, you need a new position. You need to get out of your, your small living tent. Yeah, but fear is tormenting my life on this earth. Yeah, but what does heaven say? Now, there's a pandemic on this earth. What are we going to do now, Pastor? <laughs> Freak out? No. Listen, I'm not picking on anybody. It's real. The, the tent is real. The, the diagnosis is real. The pain is real. The regrets is real. But I'm here to tell you there's sand and there's stars and there's a promise of God. 
And, and God is saying, hey, I have no problem with you getting the Moderna vaccine or the Johnson Johnson or whatever you please, but would you first go get my vaccine? It's called, called by the stripes of Jesus. We are, come on, we are the healed. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. I should be getting some whistles and some clapping. Come on, somebody. Come on, this is our summer. This is our summer of sand and stars. So just a couple more, just so I, I know I got your tent. I failed, I've messed up. Man, I've made a mess of my life. Whew. Yeah, but what does heaven say? You know what heaven says? The righteous fall, but the righteous get back. Yeah, but CNN and Fox News and that Biden news and that Trump news, you know all that news? You know what they're saying, right? <laughs> no. No. Don't watch it. No, thank you. No. I I'm looking at what heaven I'm looking what heaven is saying, come on. Yeah, but pastor, that blog and that post and those comments and that troll online right now, oh, you know what the critics are saying? No, 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 I've come out of my tent. I, I don't really care what they're saying. I don't really care who's following. I care what heaven, I care about the sand. I care about the stars. you stand. <laughs> can, can you take a little bit more standing? Come on at home. Can, can you just stand with me? Stretch, stretch a little bit. Move around a little bit. Get ready to shout. Get ready to praise. Get ready to believe again. I, I guess I've just come in this, this introductory message today. This, this isn't the time to leave. You're going to miss the most important part. I, I guess I've just come today to whet your appetite, to stir your hearts up for sand and stars, to come out of your tent living and to begin to allow God do the big things that he wants to do in your life, that you would get a new perspective. I'm here to tell somebody today, I've come to declare to somebody, I've come to prophesy over somebody today that your life looks like heaven. Your life looks like healing. Your life looks like deliverance. Your life looks like breakthroughs. Your life looks like miracles. I'm gonna say it again. Your life looks like miracles. It looks like restoration. It looks like the answers and the solutions that you need. Your life looks like provision. I've come to tell somebody today, your life looks like, somebody shout heaven. Shout heaven. Say my life looks like heaven, like sand and stars. Now here's what's crazy. I thought I'd be able to preach this in 10 minutes. I always amaze myself. <laughs> looks like heaven. Looks like heaven. Looks like heaven. Looks like heaven. I don't care what you're thinking. It looks like heaven. I don't care what your tent is saying. It looks like heaven. Come on, celebration. This is heaven. It looks like heaven. I see heaven. 
I see heaven, I see sand, and I see stars. And once God got Abram out of his tent, you know the next thing that is said? You know the next thing that is said? You know the next thing that is said? I like one translation that says this, and Abram believed again. And Abram believed again. You know, it's been my prayer, it's been my prayer today that in this moment, you would just believe again. He got the promise, but the delay took his belief. But God shows up again and repositions him, him outside his tent. And all of a sudden, when he began to hear the promise again, some of you, you've been through it. You've been through hell. But this is your moment to see stand and sand and stars, to, 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 to believe again. Celebration is time for us to believe. I know it's been 10 years. I know it's been a long time. I know you've been disappointed. I know you have regrets, but come out of your tent. God's got sand and stars for you. Believe, believe, believe again. Just give me some piano right now. Just give me some piano right now. Just give me some piano right now. Believe again. I, I want to close because I feel like sometimes when I'm preaching, because I'll get, I'll get, you know, letters or things saying, you know, you, what, what, what are you doing picking on me in this message? Or, you know, it's like, uh, can I be honest? I'm not even thinking about you. I go, God, we're all week long. I say, God, what is it that I need to say? And it never fails that God gets in my, my tent. He gets in my stuff. He says, we're going to have to make this correction in you so that this correction could be made in other people. Full disclosure here today. Can, can I, in case, in case you feel like you're the target of this message, full disclosure. I've kind of embarrassed to tell you how much time, even in the last 10 years of my life, I've spent in that stinking tent. Not seeing the sand, not seeing the stars, because I was hurt, felt betrayed, disappointed, frustrated. God wasn't doing what I wanted him to do. Got my eyes on too many of the comments. Oh, I'm embarrassed. But I don't know about you, I'm coming out of the tent. And I have found over these past 10 years <laughs> that God has got in my tent with me. He says, son, you can do this. I'm so grateful for a God that will come and get you out of your I'm calling people out of their tent today. You know, I'm so thankful for the messages and the mentors and the relationships that said, Randy, you could do this. Come on, get up again, do it again, believe again. I can't tell you how many times I'll be listening to a message and that message will pull me right out of my tent. A mentor will pull me right. A coffee appointment will pull me. A dinner appointment, will, a relationship will go. Oh, come on, it's time for us to come out of our tent. God's calling you out of your tent today. I'm pleading with you, come out of your tent today. Why? Because God's got sand and God's got stars. It's time. 
it's time to uh, it's time to look again. <laughs> it's it's whew. it's time to believe in the bigness of our God again. Father, I pray today. I pray today, Lord, that this message would be like wildfire. Not some contained fire, but a ferocious fire that tags the hearts of the people of this house. God, we need to come out of our tents that have held us in confinement, that has limited your ability. God, we need it for our homes. We need it for our businesses. We need it for our careers. We need it for our workplace. We need it for, we need it for our families. We need it for our church, Lord. God, God, today we make adjustments. We change our position. We start looking, God, for the sand. And we start looking for the stars. God, I pray today that you'd be so gentle and so gracious just to bring people out of their tent. That God, today, this would mark a brand new day, a brand new beginning for marriages, for families, for careers. Brand new beginning for this church, Lord. Come on, celebrate. Just lift your hands to heaven. Just kind of look to heaven. It's, it's really not about stars. It's about, it's about heaven's perspective. It's about what God can do. God, just, just in your own way, could, could you just begin to say, God, I'm, I need you. I, I've been limiting you, God. I've been so caught up in my pain. I've been so caught up in in my stuff that I've neglected your bigness and your greatness, God. God, I pray that lives would begin to look like heaven again. I pray that marriages would begin to look like heaven again. I pray that relationships would begin to look like heaven again. I pray that our finances would begin to look like heaven again. God, I pray our bodies would begin to look like heaven. God, I pray heaven would kiss this earth that we be changed forever change forever just like heaven isn't it just like heaven when you walk into the room just like heaven there's not a thing that's here when every eyes just like heaven you can't get enough of my children are just like heaven it's the perfect point of view. He's in it just like, it's just like, just heaven. like, just like heaven. My family's just like heaven. He's in it just like heaven. Oh, it's just like heaven. When you walk into we prophesy the over this church today. We prophesy over people's lives today. Just like Every the sand. Just you. like. The stars. Can't get enough of your presence. It's the on, perfect guys. point of view. He's in it just like, oh, on, just like, on, just like him. This isn't it just like him. When you walk into. 
right where you're at. I know we're in overtime, but I like overtime. There's nothing better in a game than overtime. Nothing better in a church service when God is doing overtime. I want you just to bow your heads, close your eyes in this room. I, I want to look into these cameras. There's somebody out there, I don't know where you're at in your living room, and you shattered your kneecap. God is healing that kneecap today. I have had orders from heaven to declare over you that that kneecap is being made whole and being restored in Jesus' name. Woo, God knows your number. God knows where you're at. God knows what took place. And now your kneecap is looking like heaven. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. If you're here today, on the other side of these cameras and you have no relationship with God, you've never received him as your Lord and your Savior, or maybe you have at one time, but you're just kind of that, maybe that complacent person that just kind of turned their backs on God and kind of been doing your own thing, and you just know it's right today that you would make a fresh commitment, or maybe for you it's a brand new commitment, but you know that what you heard today has compelled your heart to surrender your life to Jesus. If that's you, as I look all over this auditorium, on the other side of this camera, if that's you, would you just lift your hand? Believers are praying, hands going up. Just lift them and hold them up high. Just hold them up high. Come on. Don't be ashamed of God. God won't be ashamed of your hands hands going up. The reason why I do that, because it always amazes me so many hands, and there's so many hands on the other side of this, this, this camera. And God sees that hand. God sees where you're at. And today, everything changes. Would you pray this prayer with me today? The important part is you're not repeating. The important part is that you're believing. And pray it with all your guts. Say, Father God, today. Say it again. Say, Father God, today, I surrender my life to you. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He died for me, took my sin, was raised from the dead, and today I put my complete trust in the work of Jesus. Jesus, be my Savior, and today I make you my Lord. Make my life, make my life look like heaven. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 